Thank you. Good morning. In my 30 years in the art field, I've had the very good fortune to receive some very nice honors, several honorary doctor's degrees, and three years ago, the Golden Plate Award from the American Academy of Achievement. But as several other speakers who come before me this morning, it wasn't always that way. When I graduated from high school, uh, I wasn't inducted into any honor societies. I didn't receive any letters for my academic abilities. It really wasn't until my sophomore year in college that I discovered that I did have some special talents. I happened onto a course in art while groping for some field in which I might excel, have fun, and maybe even make a living. For the first time in my life, I was the best in my class. That happenstance and an instructor who encouraged me, incidentally, to go to the University of Kansas, uh, put me on a track that eventually led me here today. I found that I had the ability to look at the same thing as everyone else and see something different. Art is really about seeing. I was the first person to see the unique opportunities of expression. In this hybrid activity, somewhere between furniture and sculpture. That activity is now the principal art form for hundreds of artists. The program suggested that I would do some demonstrating. Uh, my work, as you saw from the little video, requires a lot of special equipment, and even the smallest piece that I make, which I want to talk about here in a minute, uh, may require as much as 60, 70, or more hours. Uh, last year, I, I, I spoke about my concerns and worries about censorship, and I'm happy to report that those concerns, although not resolved, are very much improved and that arts, artists and arts organizations are, are winning cases in court that support the lack of censorship. But today, what I really wanted to uh, talk to you a few minutes about was creativity. Uh, creativity is important in all fields, from accounting to zoology. And you've heard a lot of people this morning talk about risk, and that's certainly one of the things involved here. It's expected of artists, creativity, risk. With true creativity, there is risk, but the risks are worth taking because the alternative is boring. You just can't worry about things like looking foolish or making a mistake. Trust your instincts. Don't worry about being practical. The most impractical idea may lead to something worthwhile. Don't even worry about following accepted rules. Don't worry about making sense. Something may make sense later. Creative people are going where there are no maps, no road signs, and there is no certain way of knowing when you've found something worthwhile. In a passage from Alice in Wonderland, Alice says to the cat, would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? That depends a good deal on where you want to get to, said the cat. I don't care much, said Alice. Then it doesn't matter which way you go, said the cat. Oh, as long as I get somewhere, added Alice as an explanation. Oh, you're sure to do that, said the cat, if only you walk long enough. Creativity is a search. 
an expedition into the unknown, looking for that unknown something. The low probability nature of creative thinking means the best way to get a good idea is to get a lot of ideas. It is important to believe that everything has value, that nothing is worthless. Don't be tempted to jump at the first good idea. Keep on looking. There is more than one right answer, and be willing to be led astray. Jasper Johns, the painter, describes the creative process like this. It's simple. You take something, and you do something else to it. You just keep doing this, and pretty soon you've got something. Sounds a little like Alice. Walk long enough, and you'll find something worthwhile. I find that game playing is very helpful in generating new ideas, like what-if games. What if furniture could fly? What if tables had holes in them? What if you took away this? What if you added that? Do crazy things. I also play Can You Top This With Myself to keep challenging new ideas. Sometimes I find it helpful to look at my work in poor light, out of the corner of my eye, upside down, all in an attempt to see it with fresh eyes in the hope that there is something there that I had not seen before so that I might learn from my work. I would like to leave you with my 10 adopted rules of thumb. Number one, if you are in love with idea, you are no judge of its beauty or value. Number two, it is difficult to see the whole picture when you are inside the frame. Number three, after learning the tricks of the trade, don't think you know the trade. Number four, if we hear and apprehend what we already know. Number five, the dog that stays on the porch will find no bones. Number six, never state a problem to yourself in the same terms it was brought to you. Number seven, if it's offbeat or surprising, it's probably useful. Number nine, don't get too serious. And number 10, and most importantly, if you hit the bullseye every time, the target is too near. Or as Eugene O'Neill put it when asked about his philosophy of life, he said, the tragedy of life is what makes it worthwhile. I think that any life which merits living lies in the effort to realize some dream. The higher the dream is, the harder it is to realize. We most decidedly all have our dreams. If one hasn't them, one might as well be dead. One is dead. The only success is in failure. Any man who has a big enough dream must be a failure and must accept that as one of the conditions of being alive. If he ever thinks for a moment he is a success, he is finished. He stops. Thank you. Now, just one little manner of, of business here. I have brought a small piece with me that this is a small clock that I am donating to the American Academy of Achievement, and they will hold a silent auction uh, during the next two days uh, to auction this off to raise money to benefit the Academy. Uh, if you wish to bid on the piece, and just to give you some idea, if this piece was in my gallery over on Fifth Avenue, the price tag on this would be somewhere around ten, eleven thousand dollars 11000 If you want to place a bid, 
uh, you can go to the office of the academy on the fourth floor, and they will have uh, some th something there that you can write your bid on. Um, I don't know if we have time for any questions. Or oh, we can take uh, maybe one or two questions. Don't all rush to bid immediately, but uh, do <laughs> make a serious consideration. I'm sure there are those where, while well, the gentleman was coming up, maybe just a word about uh, anything about that clock, uh, Wendell. Uh, anything in particular that? Uh, well, th this. Yeah, just to say another a few words about it. it this is made of wood, uh, several different kinds of wood. Part of it's painted. And like many of my pieces of work, I combine these, these, these different forms that sometimes seem uh, very disparate. Uh, this is a form I refer to as a space bone. I don't know what that means. Uh, and I like to, to position things in, in seemingly precarious kinds of positions so the balance is delicate, although it is in reality stable. It's a real clock. It does keep time. <laughs> All right, question in this first aisle please, in the back. Um, you're obviously a very creative person, so I'd like to ask you about that. Do you think creativity is um, uh, inborn talent, or do you think it can be cultivated? Well, I, th I think the answer is both. I think it is, it is inborn to a sense that you're, you, you, you're, you're going to be able to respond in some kind of way when, when the right things happen. Uh, but it also can be learned. I mean, I think the ten points I, I gave can make things helpful for people to put them in the right frame of mind, you know, just to be receptive to new ideas and not be afraid of risks and uh, to uh, look for the unexpected. And, you know, those are just very common sense things that I think will help make people creative. In the back on this other aisle, please. Okay. Um, in regards to creativity, how do you maintain a fresh idea and maintain that, that edge? Uh, well, you're, you're in a position where you have to do that. I mean, that's what survival is all about. I mean, if I'm going to be the leader in this field, I have to do that. And it isn't hard to do once you get the ball rolling. I mean, there are days that that doesn't happen, but I have many little games I play with that what-if game I mentioned that I can play uh, and try to prompt creative things. I'm always looking for new ideas, and I'm looking for them in the most unlikely places. It, you might find a great idea on a ripped billboard or in a trash can, uh, they appear in very unlikely places if you're looking for them. One final question in the front on this aisle, please. Hi. Um, while studying art last year in our class, there was much discussion about whether the analyzation of art is valid or not. And I was wondering, how would you feel if future generations analyzed your art in relation to your thoughts and feelings without your say in it? Well, the advantage of having some time pass certainly helps because uh, sometimes art that's that's greatly appreciated and, and uh, thought to be of the highest order in its day may be forgotten in a hundred years. And vice versa, some artists who are not appreciated uh, in their day are discovered and their work is found to be important. So the, the, uh, it's, there's great value in having some perspective of time. But I think that there are certain traits that, are, that anyone who has studied art history or uh, anyone who has studied art will understand that an art piece has these certain things and those qualities must be there and they're recognizable and you can write about them and they have uh, importance and uh, will continue to have importance. Thank you so very much, Mr. Wendell Kess.